Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, AEW now has two world titles. It has two world champions. You can tell that I've been off for a week because I have not put my laptop on mute. Yeah. So <laughs> Discord like, notification just came through. Like, what's just gone down? What's uh, just happened? So, well, let's, let's name and shame who that person is. It's Adam Whitney. Oh, of course uh, it Jimmy. is. Knowing that I'm on the air, Adam. I'm. Hang on. No, <laughs> this is you. Dan, There's a little mute button right there. Dan, Go on. Dan, Dan, I know this is my fault. <laughs> But please let me blame Adam. I know you've it. had a holiday, <laughs> but you need to get back on it. I met Jeff Jarrett this you morning. You must be flustered. I'm in fine fetter, everyone. Good. I'm, I'm in a very, very good mood. Mm. But um, anyway, sorry, I'll do it. I'll, I'll start my intro yeah, go again. On. So, right. it seems that AEW has two world titles. It has two world champions. And one of those world champions has sprayed a big old X mm. in the middle of his belt which just so happened to go through the E, which many people are taking as a shot against the elite. All elite wrestling. It's not that that's just the midpoint of the X, and that's also just be the midpoint of the belt. It couldn't possibly be that. Everything, Luke, has a subtle extra meaning. Everything. In fairness to the people who have done that, CM Punk does have the exact same haircut he had when he uh, turned heel mm. uh, following the, you know, his, his world title run or during his world title run when he turned heel on The Rock. I mean, look, is it an, ad- an added little flavor where I'm like, that is quite fun? Would it have been quite satisfying? Probably a little bit. It's not like the reason it's happening, <laughs> is it? Like it he's always the, the triple X, the, the sort of CM Punk yeah, logo is always the thing. Straight edge means that I'm better. Yeah, than but like so like it's like it would have had to be it's a real grudge <laughs> to be straight edge for your whole life, specifically to take a shot at the elite on collision. Do you know what I mean? Like let's be honest. But anyway, hello, welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm Luke Owen DAD. This is the Professor the Truth Dan Layton, your jam in the jar holder. He's got the gimmick, everyone. Welcome to the Wrestle Podcast channel. Please do press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. We are nearing 80,000 mm. subs, which means we are about 5,000 away from hitting our 85,000 goal mm. that we're looking to hit. Because I actually, I, was, I came into the, the, the studio having yeah. not been here for a week. Yes. And, and here's what I discovered. This is just sort of like how, you know, oh God, what are these things? 
you know, YouTube play buttons just, just like there. I have one for, for no rolls barred. Um, I've been desperate for one of those. That's one, one like, for parts fun. Yeah. Um, that's this is an old that, style that, one. That's an old style one. Old that, that's one for, for Wrestle Talk. And they were just lying on the desk. Nobody cares. Because they were just like, well, we've got three of these things now. But you know what? Swimming in them. I was, I, I was thinking, or maybe I could put these on the set. And then I thought, I can't. Mm. They're not mine. They're not yours. I need one for the Wrestle Talk podcast. This is it. I've been I've been on YouTube for ten years now, getting ever closer to the hundred thousand mark, and I've never quite made it. People who have them, they don't know they're born. <laughs> they mean a lot to us who are so close, you know. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm I agree with you. We'll we'll push to make it happen. Please do get your comments in down below with what you thought of this episode of Collision. Oh my god! I did still have not used my laptop. Uh, and uh, also get in your. Uh, what do we call them? No oh, mega chats. No mega Your chats. no mega chats, please, to restore.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollars before the end of the show. Dan, we have wasted enough time. Five minutes, in fact, before we've actually gone to the main. We kind of talked about it a little bit already. We need to talk about the main issue, which is that um, I have a fringe today. Well, yeah, someone has said, Dan, with the Bieber haircut. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after the ultra chat. Gotcha. Oh, well, a lead. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, yeah, only strong. because there'll be people watching this video being like, when they get the fireworks factory. Yeah, the important so we, bit. we need to actually crack on. Yeah, let's do it. So CM Punk, on this episode of Collision, I actually really wanted to leave this uh, episode with They're Still Friends because I enjoyed yeah. the, the main event so much. But I thought there's actually a much bigger talking point here. And what's interesting is that main event felt like, to me, it, it took place on an entirely different show, Didn't which is just? a part of what went down with CM Punk. Yes, I, I would agree with you on that one. I, I will, we'll get into that uh, momentarily, but CM Punk comes out for a promo. Uh, got a mixed reaction, which I think mm. is the norm now. Like, I, I don't think we need to reference it yeah. every week. I think it's him getting some booze, some cheers is just, that's yeah. what, that's the punk reaction these days. Mm. It's really interesting though, because he gets what feels like a big pop when he comes out and then he starts the promo and that's where all the, the negative mm. comes from. The big booze come from. It's really interesting. Uh, I also love that CM Punk is a man who really does a good job of pretending that he doesn't look mm. at social media and like he's just <laughs> he's just not I don't care about what Twitter has yeah. to say I don't care what Instagram has to say and yet he comes out on this show being like hey am I the first person to talk about Wembley because that was the big discourse last yeah. week nobody has ever cared more what people say <laughs> about him online than CM Punk, I feel. But pretends that he doesn't. Yeah, just really like, sells it. Hey, am I the first person mm. to reference that we're doing a Wembley show? And mm. I was like, yeah, you are CM Punk and you clearly are doing that because a lot of people were saying last week, why haven't they promoted a match for, for Wembley yeah. yet? Um, he also says that he is the uh, the biggest, the, the realest world champion. He's been carrying around this red bag with him. Nobody beats him for the world championship. Mm. And he pulls out, he claims it's still got the blood on it from when he beat mm -hmm. John Moxley at All Out last year. and declares himself the real world champion. No one has beaten him for this belt. And then he sprayed his X logo, mm -hmm. his, his straight edge logo, on the middle of the belt, so of course it goes through the E, because that is just the central point yeah. of, of the belt. It's the middle letter of a three-letter logo, yeah. and that th and that three-letter logo is in the center of the belt, mm. so it just happened to go through the E. And said, and, I, and that is obviously a reference to Hogan as well. Yeah. Which is funny, because again, for someone who doesn't care what people say about him, Eric Bischoff just this week was saying he's more of a problem than Hogan ever was in WCW. Wow. So I actually haven't heard that. So it's very funny then that he's mm. also now doing a very Hogan-esque thing uh, with the world title. Mm. So first off, before we get to, to Ricky Starks, 
what did you make of Punk's promo? Because mm. I've got a, a sort of a different point. I don't think a lot of people have, have mentioned before, but I'll, I'll go on to that in a second. What did you make of the promo? What do you make of the fact that there are now two world champions in this company? Oh God, Luke, I have trailed on my old Twitter sphere. Sorry, my ex sphere. No, don't do that. Uh, that uh, you were on holiday. Time. We all have to. It's uh, it is X now. No, it's not. Okay, <laughs> on my old social media space, that I have um, some bones to pick, some nits to pick with all of this stuff. One of those is not the promo, right? I loved this segment. I really did. I thought what Punk has is that magic. We've talked about it a number of times. There's a real passion and a conviction and an energy to his promos that kind of nobody else does. It's pure punk, right? It's it's so interesting to me that I then, I've been back before watching this collision, before we knew that this was going to be a segment, before any of it, I was watching the summer of punk. Because I, I it's been over a decade now, and I kind of remember it as this fabled thing, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember how it went down. So I went back and... Hilariously, it doesn't. Well, that's a lot of people say like, oh, it was the summer of punk. But it wasn't. Like yeah. He won the belt in Money in the Bank. A week. It's, it's a month. It's, it's a, a month. period of a month. Yeah. And he go, he, dis- he wins the, wins the belt in Money in the Bank, disappears for a month. Yes. Does the title unification at SummerSlam. Yes. Then loses the belt. Yes. And what's so interesting is that in that time period, I would argue he's making the same kind of comments as he's making now. He's making the same kind of grievances as he's making now. The promos are certainly the same kind of style. What I mean by that is that he's he's there basically being like, I'm being held down. People aren't talking. You know, when he, when he mentioned that business about, oh, am I the first person to talk about Wembley? He even said like, stuff's been going on here on aid on collision. Like he, he made a distinction between collision and AEW, which is the same NWO versus WCW thing. It's the same thing of like you people at the top don't know how you're running this company that he was doing in the summer mm-hmm. of punk. And I find it really interesting that in that period, he was this voice of the voiceless. The, the fans ate him up. And that was in no small part because we had been presented with a long period of absolute dirge mm-hmm. from the people at the top of the oh, company. Yeah. The stuff that he was saying to Cena, I am sat there going, it's so interesting to me that you, if you said this now, I kind of feel like this would be heelish because you're essentially whinging. You are being a whinger. You're claiming that uh, it's one thing. You got a chip in your shoulder because you've been held down because you're not the kind of the look and the feel of what this company should be. You're tattooed. You've got your piercings, your slick back hair. Here's a very clean cut all American guy with no tattoos that, that is should Looks like an action figure. Looks like an action figure face of the company stuff. But there's a level of pressure that you have to rise to when you are that picked you know chosen one um and it's sink or swim and so the amount of pressure on cena's shoulders is something that punk in that moment would never understand and then here what we've got is him having been in many ways the chosen one and buckling under that pressure at brawl out being cranky and tired and i find that such a a, a, an interesting thing to think about because he's cutting essentially the same promo in the same style he's just getting booed for it now and i think I love how much he was leaning into it. When he pulled out the belt, it felt like a moment to me. We all knew that was in the bag. That's not been a surprise. The he, second he walked out. He said that basically from day exactly. one. What's in this belt is something I was never beaten. For. Yeah, and, and he pulled out the belt. And because we've seen it around MJF's waist this long time, and because I suppose in a way MJF has been second fiddle to the elite and Black Hole Combat Club, kind of a little bit by virtue of the blood and guts and the... Um, anarchy in the arena mm-hmm. stuff being necess- necessarily top of the card 
it's an interesting moment to see this this belt this belt come out this one that we all know from the still images of brawl out and and it's got my name on it it's got my blood on it i found what he was saying so compelling and then when he gets out the spray paint tony Schiavone's in the ring and he was there the first time it happened with with hogan and the nwo thing it's such an I keep saying this word and I'm sorry that I keep repeating myself, but it is so interesting. I was so gripped by it. I was so taken by this promo. I really, really enjoyed it. I think someone said that, like, I don't really see the the, the magic of punk that, that you often talk about. And I, I guess I don't want to be the, the person who's like, you had to be there. Mm. Uh, we, I think during that 2011 period, you kind of, you had to be there to mm. understand what the magic of punk is. But what I find, I think is for me, the magic of punk is when he's cutting a promo like this, I'm always looking at like I'm so interested in what your end game is. Mm. Like what is yeah, it's he's got promos that you want to analyze every word of and the infliction of every word. Exactly. Because in this promo particularly when Ricky comes out mm. and Ricky's kind of being positioned in this segment as the heel and Punk is being positioned as the babyface, but you're right. Punk back in 2011 did come across Wingy, but we never said he was Wingy because he was saying all the things that we had been saying. Exactly, and like a lot of and that punk that was the backstage, you know, attitude for lack of a better word, he was labelled against him. He's a Wingy. He's always whining. Mm. But in this promo segment, he was whinging to Ricky. You didn't beat me. The referees beat me. It wasn't fair that mm. you beat me. I actually want a, someone else at ringside that's going to have my back. That's going to make sure that I don't get screwed again. It's a, a place of complaining mm. and whining well, that's and whinging, but doing it as a baby yeah. face. So I'm there watching it being like, so what is your end game mm. here? Like, are you, because he, he must know. He's CM Punk. He, like, he doesn't do these things by accident. So it, it really does make me feel like we are going down this, this heel punk route, but mm. we are taking a big old detour in order to get there. Or we are there. And it's kind of like the arguments we used to have about Cody in AEW. Mm. Is he a heel or is he a face? He's sort of neither. He's mm. what you want to make of him. That's and that's the magic of punk. That's the magic of punk. Because I I kind of I do I know what you're saying when you say you don't really understand the magic of punk. Because here's here's the thing, and something I was I trying to get across and when I was talking about the summer of punk, is going back and watching it, I don't. I, I'm on John Cena's side now. That's a really fascinating oh, I'm, I'm thing for me. Well, in, when I'm watching it in isolation, I'm seeing these promos and I'm like, kind of, it's not Cena's fault that Vince is trash. And, and your, <laughs> your issue here is with Vince rather than with Cena and what Cena represents. And knowing how much Punk has spoken about how much he loved working with John, safe he felt and how much they could do whatever they were. Of course, he's, it's the same, he's the softest, sure. softest worker in the industry. Sure, but, like, but he, he, he liked that he could just go and, and they, could, they could have matches together. It's, it's beyond the, the softness or whatever. But also... The, the Cena was never whinging. Like he was, he was responding to it being like, I actually don't blame you for any of this stuff. I don't blame you for, for this grief, grievance or this gripe or whatever. I don't blame, I think you winning, you had, you gave me a hell of a match kind of thing. Like he's, he's doing the honorable thing and the best heels are the ones who exist in, in truth, right? They, they, they know what they're saying and they believe what they're saying. And I believe punk believes what he's saying. And I think the magic of punk is that he's irritating and right yep and i think that's it because i don't love him i don't i'm but, but i am compelled by him i like that a do you lot. know what i mean yeah yeah, i, I like that a lot yeah. because i think i feel the same way mm. like um there's a bit in the movie private parts which is the howard stern mm. biopic where he's on the radio station and they're trying to get rid of him off this radio station and they're being like his viewing figures are through the roof 
and he gets like you know the the, the feedback from listeners and it's like well people listen because they want to hear what he's going to say next and he's like well what about the people that hate him mm. and so the same answer they want to hear what he's going to say next mm. i have that with punk when i get advertised on, on collision we'll hear from cm punk i do have like a, i'm curious to know what he's going to say next and mm. what is the next stage of this cm punk story and you've been making this point over the last few weeks as well that once the owen hart cup is done mm. that's when we're going to start seeing storylines mm. on collision and i kind of felt that this episode there was a bit of that yes i agree and particularly with punk and starks i mean credit to this um this run of collision as well it's done wonders for ricky starks oh yeah it's nice to see um stars being built and given the opportunity and that's what the show was kind of for it has done wonders mm. for ricky starks who was a guy who was on a real big ascent mm. And the MJF feud going into last December was really, really good. And people were hoping that he was going to get something better out of that. And then he got the Jay White feud, which people thought was a bigger step down for Jay White. And then he's sort of just been kind of just been around. But since Collision has started and he's gone into this feud with CM Punk, all of a sudden he feels like a top gun mm. on Collision. I think it's a, a huge credit to to uh, to Punk and the, and the work that AEW have done with Collision. And I th he really held his own mm. in this Punk segment. So this is where we start to diverge a little bit because I got really irritated by Ricky Starks' presence in this because I went from... Oh, I also written a note, by the way, I just want to point out uh, one thing that he said. Punk was like, I, I made it to the town just in time. Like he's talking about just he's I I'll I'll always be here for you. So desperate, so desperate to be liked. But I think that's a that's a that's a uh, what's the word I'm a after? No, 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 no. It's, it's a um. It's not. Ah, oh, man. What's the? Uh, I cannot think of the word I'm after now. It begins with P. Purposeful. Right. It's a purposeful thing. I think he's playing it to be being babyface. Yeah. So like you're right. Like it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's not a desperate thing of like. I am desperate for this people. It's like no, it's a character thing. Right. I'm desperate for people to cheer me. Yeah, and it's but it's also interesting and makes a, a huge part of this mess of punk that you, it's kind of almost almost like a car crash, right? Where you don't want to look away from it. It's like what? How is this going to go? Part of punk's return was what's he going to say when he gets the mic and he made that line about counterfeit books and the the, the reason that we've titled this video about uh, you know was the cross a dig at the elite is because some people did see and, and read that and and whether or not we think they're right and that's that's the magic of punk as well there you is go. That everything is done on purpose yeah so it's all can, part there was a look down lens he did last week you can you can analyze any every single one of his moves and be like is this x mm. is this y is this Z? when he showed up backstage at raw it was like what's going on like you can't take your eyes off it and i, I think some of the reason that i'm so compelled by this uh double belt situation is all of the avenues that that opens up so when ricky starks comes out for all of the pros that i want to give to ricky starks and will happily including but not limited to double entrance and then nigel mcginnis popping for it <laughs> big fan of that um and, 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 he, <laughs> and i was talking last week about how he's kind of given me like early rock energy and like he's got this kind of like he, the, he, the whole this business like he's got the the style and the look and the He's everything Austin Theory wishes he could be. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know what, why he's here in this uh, promo segment talking about certain things where he's like, I feel like that belongs to me is not believable in any way, shape or form and not even in a you're a good heel in this moment pr promo piece for me. I'm like, on what planet does that 
title belonged to you. It's pinned punk twice. But like, no, like well, yeah, sure. Yeah. But that no, like I don't. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> buy it. Like I could have Stevie Wonder as my ref, and I'd still be. You doesn't make any kind of sense because Stevie Wonder is blind. So like. I, I don't get what you're trying to say there. There was a lot of things that he was saying that felt like he was trying to keep up. And it, and it, it, it didn't make any sense for me as we're beginning this punk with this secondary world title storyline for Ricky Starks to be there other than the fact that they've had... I get that they've had matches together. I get that he's beat him twice. But no, you're not... It, that, that, that's not what this story is. And that's certainly not given that we've got MJF on the show later on. That's my bigger thing. Actually, I actually quite like uh, the stuff. That, that you write. Talk this, about the, the stuff the, with Ricky Stocks because I, because I, I genuinely, I often I am in the minority with these things, and mm. I want to hear the positive side of it. I well, I, as I said earlier, I think Ricky really held his own mm. in this. The CV one line you write does make a whole mess of sense, mm. but I think that he, he, you can buckle under a pressure. You mentioned that earlier, like when you, you're the top guy. If you put down them to a promo segment with CM Punk, you it is a bit of a sink or swim. And I think yeah. that he did swim in this scenario, and I think that's one of Ricky's great strengths is is his promo work and i thought he was very very effective in this segment mm, he did that and one line about the other the other line that got on my nerves and again i'm grumpy is um he said something about like you can go you go with your friends or whatever go get your friends in stanford punk has no friends in stanford are you joking that's just that's the whole that's, point that's just a cheap heat line i know but okay but i think the counter to that is it did work did it? Well, the crowd popped yeah, huge because they're in Hartford and everyone knows that. Oh, we're making yeah, references to WWE. The, but that's the point, isn't it? Though, like, sure, the, a lot of wrestling is to get crowd reactions, yeah. and, and he did get a crowd reaction there. I've, yeah, I, the, I see that. The argument I've always given in not defense of the elite, mm. um, but like when people have been criticizing the elite's work, saying like they are bad for wrestling, I was like, well, the crowd say otherwise. Because they are doing moves that the crowd are going absolutely nuts yeah. for, which means that it is working. What they are doing is working, even if it's for a certain audience. Mm. It does work for for that audience. Mm. I just find any 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 like reference to WWE at this point at this point tired. I for you, but it does work for like. Audience is always but once yeah, but this audi audience we're also chanting we want tables. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll but when, get there. when audiences start groaning at those things, then you're like, okay, mm. I think this is now past its point. I'm a little bit tired of them, mm. but I don't begrudge wrestlers for doing it because I every time they do it, it gets a reaction. It's cheap here, and I don't it's, like cheap pops either. Yeah, but cheap pops do work. There's a reason yeah. why they're called cheap pops. It's because yeah. they yeah. they they always work. Yeah. But my bigger thing I've had this, and we will need to move on a second. We need to talk 25 minutes on this opening. This one segment mm. um, is. You had CM Punk in the ring with a world title saying, I'm the real world champion. And they announced on the show he's going to be defending that real world championship against Ricky Starks mm. next week with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as mm. the special guest referee. That's a bit of fun, particularly because Ricky was such a huge part of CM Punk's stuff in yeah. Ring of Honor. So that's great. Love all of that. MJF was on this show. Mm -hmm. Like this segment is fine if MJF is not in the building. But we had a guy standing in the middle of the ring saying he's the real world champion. And the actual world champion was on this card in the main event and did not come out for this segment. He had nothing to say about this. Nothing to say about it. And I get that he's in a whole separate storyline. But that, so the, I, when I watched it, I was like, that's weird that he's not. But then I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe that is part of the story. He's so distracted with his friendship with Adam Cole. He's not even registered that this guy over here is saying that he's the real world champion. Yeah. Or he doesn't believe that Punk has ever been on his level, so he's not even paying attention to him. But I do hope that that is something, mm. that that is part of a storyline, because otherwise it feels real weird yeah. 
that you had one guy say you're the champion and the other guy who's the champion didn't make a reference to that at all. So here's where we get to my massive gaping logic hole in the booking of this, right? Which is that if you were to have Collision truly be a show almost with an entirely distinct roster, which it sort of has been. There's been crossover. MJF has appeared on it. I'm never going to say no to having MJF, certainly on the show. Adam Cole as well. I am so high on this uh, tag team story. It's it's not even funny. But when you have... It's very hard to present the idea of this insurgent. I am right and justified in having this belt. I never had it taken away from me. When you then later on have the current world champion come out and have a whole section where he's presented by Adam Cole with the belt saying, you are the world champion. You are the world champion. Like lift yourself up. Don't worry. And there's a moment where he's going to go hit it because I'm just seeing two of the same belt and there's absolutely no crossover. And there's not even a crossover on the commentary. There's no mention of, I wonder how he feels about this unless I missed it. And there's a possibility that I missed it, but I'm pretty certain there was no mention. And I recognize that Adam Cole and MJF have their own story, which is separate to what CM Punk's doing. Well, in that case, keep it separate. You, need to, you can spin multiple plates. You can, and I would I would almost prefer it to be there on Dynamite, challenging for the tag belts on Dynamite. Not that I'm complaining we got the main event here, but keep them over there and have Punk over here with this unsanctioned, unrecognized world title. And my problem and my logic hole here is when you book and promote and sanction a match, calling it the real world title match, you are saying that CM Punk is recognized by you as world champion so his gripe that nobody beat me for this and i'm again like people are holding me down this insurgent voice of the voices stick it to the man energy that he's bringing is a complete fraud and not in the good narrative way because you've told us that he is a world champion right so like there's no insurgency there's no sense of injustice he's just a champion with a legitimate belt that he's defending and the other world champion is also there. Like, it's the same It's the same idea of... In WWE, the word undisputed doesn't mean anything. Over here, the word unsanctioned doesn't mean anything because they are sanctioning it because they're letting him defend it on the show, right? It's the FTW belt. Which, like, is it's, almost it's, an entirely separate thing. But also, yes. But it's... it's yeah, I, I think it is the same thing in that the, the logic hold with the FTW belt is that it is a belt not officially recognized by AEW, mm. but it is, just, it is defended on AEW and promoted on yeah. AEW shows as being defended. The only difference, uh, or no, rather the key difference, is that these two belts, A, look the same, and B, is the, is the AEW championship. Yeah. And it's saying... It's got the logo on it, and I get that he crossed it out, but that's what I don't know. It's just this thing of like, well, I mean, like we just an inconsistency there. I think, yeah, this, this show. I, I, my only issue I have with this is the whole MJF thing. There being two world champions, I am not against because I feel that we're getting a tight unification match very soon. Well, if, if, if the, you have the NWO I, versus WCW yeah, thing, that's fine. I I have more of an issue if this is they are just two world titles and they are just defended at the same time mm. for months on end. Then I will have an issue with this because I hate two world titles. You do, and I, I hate I find two that world titles. Very and interesting. You've been now confronted with two companies that both two have it. Bo- both <laughs> companies now have two <laughs> world champions, and it winds me up no end. So I, but I feel that we all out is probably going to be the title unification mm. match, and that's if that's the case, then that's fine. Um, 
I've just got, I just hope that MJF not referencing this thing or MJF not even reacting to this thing is all actually just part of this Adam Cole story. Yeah. Because if it isn't, and we are just going to have next week, MJF just comes out and cuts a promo on him without refs and that, be like, well, where were you last week then? Like, I, yeah, I, 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 I kind of want them to make that make sense. I'm willing, it, I mean, it's what we always say, let it play out. Like, I'm happy to take a couple of weeks and see how it goes mm-hmm. it, with everything and every storyline development. Initially, I have my gripe with this logical inconsistency. And I'll tell you the other reason why is because... It, it is that tweener thing still like mm. you have him be a good guy yeah he got it stripped like he never he never lost it yep he just had it taken off him and he was put on the shelf for a year because of a, a barney it's the wrestling industry like you know this has happened also all- injured <laughs> in storyline yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about but like he he never lost it he's on the shelf like he, he's whatever uh, and now someone else is parading around with the belt and I, and I, I, but this is mine. It's got my name on it. It's got my blood on it. Loved all of that. The heel side of that is also really compelling because the elite came back and they challenged for their trios titles and they lost them pretty con- like conclusively. Like they went, we, we never lost these, but we like them back, please. Let's wrestle for them over a course of seven matches. They lost, right? So that's, that's the honorable. They, they won them over the course of seven matches. Am I missing? Yeah. They won them back. Yeah. They won them back and then lost them to House of Black. Not bad. Either way. Point being. <laughs> That's my bad. In my head, I went straight from Death Triangle to House of Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I didn't. I, they, I remember when they came back and the first challenge, they lost yeah, it, yeah. and then we went into the best of seven. Yeah, yeah. Point being, <laughs> apologies for getting it wrong. Uh, point being, they came back and challenged for it. Yeah, you know, they said we recognize that you're the champs, and now we want those back. That's the honorable babyface way of doing it. So you get a lovely heel version of that with Punk being like, I didn't lose this. You're nothing. This is mine. Blah, I'm not even challenging you for it. But acting as a babyface at the same time. Which is so compelling. It's very compelling. So give MJF a mic and have this be the story or at least have them on separate shows and the other guy and the other. And that's the NWO versus WCW thing. That's the Ric Flair being the real world champion thing. Is the idea of this insurgent, this idea of this, this them versus us, even on the commentary selling it. The pure and utter no-sell of this from the MJF side on this show was a real like... And then Ricky Starks is challenging for it. Ricky Starks has more to say about this than MJF. I which don't get is, that. Which is, me, is why I feel like it has to be mm. intentional that he didn't. Because mm. it's weird if not. Mm. If not, I will happily eat some humble pie and be like, that that's, was a, that's a huge error. That's a, massive, like, it, that's a massive error. But I've got to feel because it wasn't done mm. and he was on the show has to be done on purpose yeah but we, we but, can hope but maybe i'm giving them far too much credit and with with cody at wrestlemania the idea was let it play out two three weeks later i was like nah that wasn't supposed, that, that was a stupid decision mm. this same thing here if in three weeks time we're getting the most compelling angle between mjf and cm punk or at least even if they're not together they're separate i'll eat my hat and be thrilled to do so Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, well, speaking of hats, that's our first Ultra Chats. Please do get in your no-maker chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Let us know what you think of the double title situation. Quite a few people have got some thoughts on this, including The Guilty Hat, who says the whole bag situation has felt weird to me from day one. Maybe if the rest of the company talked about it, I'd feel different. But since it's just punk, it just feels like something he wants to get over at the expense of others. I hope Stark wins it and bins it. God, that would be fascinating and also my least satisfying conclusion to this story. Uh, Shane Ullman has been a member for eight months in a row who says unification match it all in world champion versus straight edge champion. Love your content lads. I mean, doing that at Wembley is, a, is a bit, I, I ain't going to say no to that. No, I think you do it at all out. I know, but I am not going to say no to that yeah. as someone who's going. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. We want to see it. Did I tell you what my pitch is Go for on. the all in match? Well, uh, please, because maybe they'll listen and book something. Well, I mean, there's, there's one, my Jeff Jarrett interview that'll be going up this week. I, I, I pitch a match for for him yeah that jeff seems to be very on board with and i think he's gonna be pitching it to tony khan oh i know which one it is and i yeah no wonder he's up for it um here's my pitch i had for all in cmftr uh-huh. versus adam cole mjf and roderick strong <sighs> and it's cole trying to get roddy on side that mjf's actually a good guy I actually like that's quite good because uh, I think that's a very fun precursor. What did MJF call him? You default call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you default create a wrestler. Like because, yeah, I think you you can use that as a very good setup mm. match for the world unification match the following week. Yeah, and, and th- this is why I keep I keep when I were repeating myself at this point, but it is a really good story. Do it. You know, do it. Nathan says, prediction here. MGF will give Cole another title shot. Punk saying he's the champion, so we'll have a three-way between them at Wembley. Punk pins Cole to win. MGF and Cole have a feud. And MGF saying that he knew he shouldn't have trusted him. Then you can do MGF and Punk three. To add what I've said, we can have Punk versus Starks for the world title while MGF and Cole are feuding. Hang on. Does that mean we've got one title or two? As two. Ooh. Still, still. No, no, that's there. one. That's a, I believe that's a title unification in Nathan's. Uh, and then afterwards, Punk versus Starks for the world yeah. title. I think either way, unless you are keeping these people as separate as possible, two world title. Imagine if there was a, a, a world title and a real world title championship at yeah. Wembley. You'll be fuming. You'll be fuming. <laughs> Black Gold one one five five says just because CM Punk has a credit card and internet access to shop AEW.com doesn't mean he's a world champion. Only one man holds the triple B. What's more interesting though is that his symbol symbol covered the elite on his toy belt. Black Gold one one five five. That line, that one line, is all I needed from MJF on this show to at least have an acknowledgement. Yeah, and then I would not have a single gripe. I, I, Do you know what I mean? I completely agree with you uh, on that one. Uh, as for it, I, yeah, I, I said what I said earlier about the, the the it being it being a shot at the elite. Yeah, I, that's the magic of punk. Mm. Is that could that be. one thing exactly? That's it. Could be. Could probably be. isn't, but could be. Yeah, probably isn't, but you know, it's CM Punk, so could be. Yeah, it's it's that brilliant bit of Michael Cole commentary at a Elimination Chamber, which <laughs> when talking about Sami Zayn is like, is it likely? No. 
and it's possible. Yeah, it's always and, a one percent chance. And he said that, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm so in." Yeah. <laughs> Adam Dean said, "Really hoping we get heel punk pudding over Ricky. All of his losses have had massive asterisks next to him. So him talk about the losing to the referees felt condescending to Ricky. He acted like Ricky hit him in the balls when Punk would have done the same thing." I don't know why my wife is trying to call me. I'm on air. Uh, RZHA288. Whether it's the You Can't See Me Man or the King of Kings, you are always second best. I think CM Punk is uh, fulfilling everything MJF said about him during the first promo they had. Also, Luke, the softest worker in the industry, is named The Miz. Uh, the entire CM Punk arc is in reference to WWE, Dan. Uh, I don't know how you have Punk without WWE references. Also, can you stop saying the belts look the same? It's a whole separate design. It's like, It seems like MJF is treating Punk as an old man yelling at clouds. They are the same design, just a different strap. Just a different strap. One of them is yeah. a much nicer strap. Uh, I did also say as well when I called Cena the software, I said, well, there's also the Miz. I, did, I just said it under my breath. He's the king of soft style, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> It's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know why people seem. I mean, I'm nagging on the guy. It's a good thing. You're not supposed to hurt people in wrestling. <laughs> Would you like? You know that there's the bit in the that we saw it in this show with uh, Suzuki and uh, and Ali, where they're like stood and it's like go on hit me go on hit me and the idea that they trade these really stiff blows like the Miz getting involved in, a, in an NJPW <laughs> match and it's like he takes a really stiff forearm and he just goes. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Thomas here says, hey, Prof and Luke, when you say the magic of punk is that you could pick what you want from him to be as a fan, i.e. heel or face, why then, in your opinion, did the same scenario not work with Cody in AEW? I'm biased because I'm a Cody fan, but please. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe that's well, the magic. Like, not yeah. to be facetious. It is. I, Cody... Cody was such a weird one in AEW because the Cody verse did become this very bizarre thing where people just went to Cody as uh, going in raw, very mm. brilliantly coined it. They went, people just go to Cody Island for a little bit and then managed to get a plane out of it and go back into other people's storylines. Do you think it's because Cody, you know, in the weirdest way was like a square peg in a round hole. He's like, he's Cody is a sports entertainer. Like he's, weirdly he it's so fascinating that he was among the ones who went off and made this whole thing when he's so perfect for the wwe model do you know what i mean that by being in this AEW world where where it is sort of different to that that's why the cody verse was a thing um and actually punk was that square peg in a round hole in wwe but there wasn't an alternate product so what we were it's what we wanted as, as a fan base mm. back then and now punk is what AEW is kind of do you know what I mean? And, and so maybe that's what makes it more broad in terms of how we respond to, to yeah. punk in AEW. I, mean, I don't know. Well, the, the, Cody has his own different sort of magic. And I think it's then it's a difference of crowds because what Cody is doing in WWE is exactly the same as what he was doing in mm, AEW. It's just in AEW. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even that he was getting booed for it. It's just in WWE, it works. Mm. He can do the Homelander stuff mm. and it just works. And in AEW, it did work right at the start of this. You can go back and watch those early AEW shows. People lapped up mm. everything that Cody was doing. He was the guy in AEW for a long time. Ollie Davis on this very channel on this on this very podcast once said he feels like he's my brother and I love oh, him wow, like a yeah. brother because I want to see and like he he felt so strongly as a connection mm. towards him during the pandemic man something mm. something just went awry maybe it was the I solved racism promo mm. uh, which wasn't what he said but it is how it came across and it's has remembered 
yes like, and then and then doing the anthony agogo usa versus uk yeah. feud, which was so weird and then he came out dressed as homelander and i was like what is this character yeah but all of a sudden it it's for whatever reason it works in wwe but it did not work in AEW. Mm. Different audiences, I guess. I think it really is. Uh, right, Dan, you, uh, very quickly, I'm just going to quickly text my wife uh, okay. to, to find out. So should if, I talk if, about my hair while you're doing it? Yes, that? that's what I was going to say. If you can just you know, basically find out what your hair is. Here's, here's what went down, right? I, uh, I've i just been back and forth from Manchester. I was there for a Megacon. Very brief, very surprised trip to Manchester where uh, in true July fashion, it's been absolutely pissing it down <laughs> and I forgot my hair product. So what happened was I, I stepped out of the hotel to get on the train this morning. It rained on me and I just went sod it let it dry and this is where we are so we're just going with it i i feel like because of the 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 white blonde normally we have a little bit of distinction with my forehead and the style but i'm just i feel like i'm just one shape <laughs> at the moment i don't know so we'll, normal service will be resumed tomorrow i'll even get my chest out um i'll have had a shower everything will be fine yeah. by then um but there you go maybe i'll shave it off like punk one day yeah but then we'd, we'd be proper twins yeah we'd be like ftr and, you know, really, it's, of course, it rained in Manchester. Yeah. Anyway, this episode of Collision opened with the usual opening promos of people kind of promoting the upcoming matches. So you had MJF and Cole cutting their promos and FTR, FTR cutting their promos, and Darby Allen issuing an open challenge, which was answered in a spectacular fashion later on in the show. Mm. We had Ian Riccoboni doing commentary again. Yep. I do miss Kevin Kelly. Yeah, I uh, he said the word fans about 97,000 times on this show, and it started to get on my nerves. But I do think he is a brilliant commentator. And we opened with a ladder match for Andrade's mask between Andrade El Idolo versus Buddy Matthews. Can I give you my very first note on this? Yep. Luke will like Andrade's Kevin Nash gear. It was incredible. Yeah. I, wish I was like, oh, look, a little, little diesel there. There you go. Um, but Andrade, you know, did a moonsault off the ladder to the floor very early on in this mm. match, which kind of set the tone for it. Do you know what else uh, set the tone? Uh, this crowd chanting for tables because they are the worst. Yeah. I wrote on Twitter that I feel like anyone who chants we want tables in a ladder match this brutal deserves to be put through a ladder with a power bomb. And in fact, then after I tweeted that, uh, that's exactly what happened to um, <laughs> to Buddy Murphy with an incredible sun- sorry, Matt- buddy, my, my apologies, Buddy Matthews with an incredible sunset flip um, from Andrade. The amount of oh. times I wrote here, the crowd chanted for tables because they are the worst, and I put worst in all caps. Yeah. It's so frustrating because it's it's this thing of like I get it, you're it's a vibe, it's the opening match, you're all feeling your, your oats and all that. That's quite fun, but this match was intense and brutal and, and really good. Like, I really liked this match and you were distracting me by chanting for tables which were completely unnecessary to the point where when they did pull out a table, I was cross at them. <laughs> I was like, well, stop bowing to pressure. I mean, I was cross them for a very different oh, okay. uh, reason because you and I had this conversation during the Miz Tommaso Ciampa mm. match on Raw when they were having the brutal Which I've know, written war, down as an example. they have, uh, they had crowd chanting tables because they're the worst. Mm-hmm. And they did the very, very good, as I called it on that Raw episode, basic economic spot yeah. of the baby face goes to get the table and then the heel puts the table yeah. away and the crowd boos the heel. Yeah. So they had the heel get out the tables. 
It is. It is basic fundamentals. Right. Have the baby face. If the crowd are trying for tables and you're going to do a table spot, have the baby face do it. I mentioned this as well because I wrote down about Miz and Champa and also the Viking rules matches where there were people chanting, we want tables. And I actually felt like it added to it. Um, I think there was because I think because those matches were silly nonsense. Do you know what I mean? They were yeah. quite fun. And, and one of them was a no DQ. One of them was Viking rules. Anything goes. This one is strictly a ladder match. You are seeing excessive violence. This is a... Yeah, it, it's for a mask on a pole, but that means a lot to Andrade. And and while as at one point um, Ian said um, how deranged, dark, and deep this rivalry has become, to which I wrote, hasn't though, has it? They've just got a few promos on each other. Yeah, that's just full alliteration there from me and Rick. It was lovely, but and and yet here's the thing: in spite of how tame I think this rivalry was, I was really into this match, and so it really awesome. got on my nerves when yeah. when they were they were calling for something without it felt like they weren't invested in what was going on and so when it came to that the the um the ladder had been set up between one of the rungs of the ladder and uh, uh the bottom rope they're fighting on top of it i'm like oh no where's this gonna go and andrade does we'd had the spear onto the ddt on one of the ladder bridges which was brutal and then we got this sunset flip bomb with precisely zero give and i was just like cripes how can you want anything more from this this it is was so good I was going to say, like, I, I sounded like I was being a bit down in this match because I, I, I thought the, the heel getting the table spy was a, was a, was a touch silly. Mm. This match was awesome. It was. This match was rad. You're so right. You are right that the heel getting the thing up was was wrong, and also we are right to say that the crowd were annoying. <laughs> but this match was what, rad. What makes it annoying was that it took away from an otherwise rad match. It was so good. So good. And I my, loved the final spot. One of my, well, actually one of my favorite spots in this was kind of it was during the picture in picture ad break, but mm. it plays into the first collision uh, outing that these two had. Oh yeah, Andrade, where they did the the uh, the double injury spot, mm. and they had people working out over them during the ad break, and then they got back up and they fired through this during this they had this move very early on where buddy matthews he got the back dropped into a ladder and his shoulder popped out yeah so they go to ad break and he slides out of the ring goes up to the doctor and yells at him to pop his shoulder mm. back in so we then watch his shoulder get popped back in yeah and he just runs straight back into the ring and it really did feel like because you're right like this has been it's a fairly simple story they stole his mask he wants the mask mm. back but the way these two were going at it, yeah, felt like these two were the most hated of hated rivals. I thought they added so much. And that spot with Matthews getting his shoulder popped mm. back in popped me, no pun intended, <laughs> so huge. Yeah. I was like, this is rad. It this was is really so awesome. And it, it, it was the timing of it, like him being like, I've got to get back in the ring. And the doc's being like, well, this is going to hurt. And he's like, I don't care. Don't care. Kind of it made him look this. like a bam, yeah. right? So then you get into the ring and then the, the, clo the handcuffs were, I wrote, handcuffs were fun. Saw it last month. Um, but when you get to the final closing moment, the table's been set up in the corner and um, Julia Hart has climbed on Andrade's back. I'm like, oh, he's not going <laughs> to just fling, is he? That can't be what yeah. happens. So, yeah, the finish of this match, which I very much enjoyed because um, they had the insane sunset bomb off the top mm. of the ladder to another ladder God. bridge. Kind of hard to explain. You kind of just need to go out your way to watch this. But... Julie Hart and Buddy Matthews handcuffed Andrade mm. to the post. So he can't get out. And then Buddy Matthews goes to hit him with the chair. Andrade kicks that chair into Matthews, gets the key, unlocks himself while Julie Hart is tending to Matthews. And then in a bit of kerfuffle, he locks Matthews to the bridge. Oh, what the? Oh, no, yeah. the heels come up as these the are going mad. And then Andrade throws the key into the crowd. Yeah. And Nigel McGuinness brilliantly said, No, throw that back. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel McGuinness was on top form. He was in this top show. form. So Andrade starts to climb the ladder. Julia Hart jumps onto his back. 
Andrade continues to climb. Mm. I don't quite know how. Buddy Matthews, because he's a badass, I guess, broke out of his handcuffs. He had, he had pliers. Oh, yeah, pliers. He had pliers. There you go. Yeah. So he gets out of the handcuffs and he goes up the other side. Yeah. And then Andrade stops him and beats him up and knocks him off the ladder mm. and then gets Julia Hart, amazingly, off his back to the other side. It was a, a feat of abdominal strength it's that they didn't fall. incredible yeah. that this did not go nipple north. Yeah. And he, she starts slapping him, slapping him. The slaps had no effect. One of them sounded great. Yeah. The other two didn't. And then he just goes, yeah. And he gives her a little push. She falls off the ladder into Matthews through the table and he gets the mask down. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Loved it. It was a great opener to the show and I was well excited when we were told we were going to get it last week. So I'm yeah. thrilled that it lived up to it. Uh, if I was to have one nitpicky complaint, it's a bit of a, a bit of old school TNA thing as we went to the back almost immediately. <laughs> um, with Tony Giovanni interviewing Miro, but he was attacked by Aaron Solo, but Miro stood, still stood tall. What the Ever living F was this segment. I have no idea. And then like, afterwards, Mira just goes, Shavani! I I also like they didn't I didn't I don't know who Aaron Solo is. Sorry. I don't like I, and I also didn't <laughs> He's a blind spot for you, isn't it? Because that's the second show you and I have reviewed that Aaron Solo's been involved in and you've like, who was that guy? Do I just have facial blindness for Aaron Solo? I I'm sorry to this man. I don't know. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, I, I hope you never recognize your own solo. <laughs> but then, like, the, also the announcer didn't say a single word. So it all played out in pure silence. And they didn't even, like show his face much the only reason we know it's aaron solo is because people paused it and well, then I, reported it afterwards i i think it was aaron solo anyway i wrote down aaron solo in my notes but i that's a it's a pure guess on my part and then shivani <laughs> well that was weird anyway next segment what was this <laughs> i don't know i kind of enjoyed it it was, it was <laughs> absolute nonsense uh also must do this every single time hi mara hi mara i even knew it before you said it there it is love that mara's in the yeah. chat miss mara a lot um we then had Darby Allen having his open challenge. Mm. You know, there's a list of people this could be. Could be Swerve Strickland oh. again. Could be AR Fox. He's got a bit of beef going on with him. Could have been Miro. He was cross. Could be Could have been Nick Wayne just being like, hey, do you know what? We should tear Why the not? house down. It was Minoru Suzuki. Unannounced. Unannounced. I was Pops like, Dasher. Did you see Dasher? Yeah. She, she so, was like, <laughs> back to professional. <laughs> Pop me. Yeah. I was like, oh. It's, it's Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. I was delighted. I love to see Murder Grandpa on TV. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, okay, as a, as a Brit rest fan, as mm. a British wrestling fan, particularly one who frequented Rev Pro a lot, yeah. I have seen a lot of Minoru Suzuki matches mm. live. I've probably seen more Minoru Suzuki matches than I've seen anybody else matches. Yeah. Because he just does a lot of like British independent stuff. I've just seen loads of Minoru Suzuki matches live. Mm. And... Every single time I go mad for them. Yeah. Because I just love it. Well, Murder Grandpa, it's fun, isn't it? I He's just... And he's now in this position in New Japan. And he kind of has been for years now. So it's hard, it's hard for me to say now. Because he's been in this position in New Japan for years. Tomohiro Ishii is the exact same guy mm -hmm. here. He is a guy that you can send across to a North American company or to a British company and be like, he is a recognizable name from New Japan, but you're okay to beat him. Yeah. They, yeah, they don't do this with Akada. They're starting to do it with Tanahashi a little bit because mm -hmm. he's getting to that age now. Yeah. You don't do it with Akada. When yeah. he was there, you don't do this with JY. You don't do this with Shingo. Like mm. you don't like the group of guys you don't do this with. But Suzuki's one of those guys. And Ishii's yeah. one of those guys. 
And yet, even so, every time one of them gets announced, I go, yay! It's going to be a little pop, isn't it? Ishii's here. Yeah. Stone Pimple's here. Or, yay, Suzuki is mm. here. I knew that Darby Allen was winning this, but I don't care. Because yeah. Suzuki went in there. He did all of his Suzuki spots. I loved every single one of them. And then Darby won. There you go. Thumbs up from me. Does the job. Um, I got a bit cross in the middle of it because while I was really... Won't hear it. My... No, no, Won't not hear with it. the match. Not with the match. Not with the match. With They said that, is the TNT title shot happening at All Out? Uh, no, I don't think they announced when it's happening. I'm pretty sure. I thought I heard them say it's happening at All Out, right? And I got really cross because I was like, tell me they haven't set a pro wrestling attendance record for a show that they're going to treat like insurrection. And it's just <laughs> going to be like a random selection of matches that have no interest. And then but All Out's the real show. I was like, give me the TNT title match all in. You say that, but remember there was that one time when it was, I'm going to try to remember this now. Was it? If that, if this ain't it. Is it The Rock defended the title against Triple H and Shane McMahon in yeah. a triple threat? Oh, I am right on that yeah. one. It, it was when Rock was champion. Yeah. Or 2000. It was in 2000. Yeah. Because it was the whole, like, the prime of prime was coached being like, this is The Rock defending against Triple H. And get this. Mm. Shane McMahon? That's that's kind of the advertising I want for this show. And Chris Tarrant like, was in the audience. <laughs> it's MGF to win the gold against Adam Cole and get this. Shane McMahon. Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if this is when Tony Khan books himself to be champ. Imagine if it's at all in. Because he's like, they love me in London. I got Fulham to mid-table glory in the Premier League. <laughs> Look, as an Everton fan, that'd be great. I wouldn't mind a bit I of mid-table glory. Crap out of that. <laughs> or, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mid-table glory, that'd be delightful. Um but uh, this was a fun little match. Oh, I, and I also wrote, lovely sequence for the end. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, because this was... Uh, Darby did the coffin drop, yep. and Suzuki immediately grabbed him in the chokehold, yep. but Darby rolled him up for the win. Suzuki pleaded with the referee that his shoulders were up, but the mm. referee saw otherwise, yep. and Suzuki was wrong. And we have no reason to question the referee's sight on AW Collision at any stage. Uh, no, it was a lovely... I love uh, being caught in a in a submission like that when you it's, it's, it's the same I get the same from it that you get from a moment that we're going to see in the next match which is uh, when Joe just walks away from someone diving on him yeah. when you're when you're caught in a submission I go ooh it worked you know so a lot of people pointing out here that it was announced for, for they definitely said it was all out that's what I said which I means, thought so which means that the match at all in is going to be Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen and Edge. Don't and that will be that'll be the tag match to set up the TNT match for a week later. Don't treat all in at Wembley like the kickoff show for all out. I swear to God. I'll be fuming from my seat. And if, it, if you can't get Edge, which might be likely, uh, then, <laughs> then Gangrel will be a perfect substitute. <laughs> Is it, you know, we'll get, maybe they could get Brood Edge. Oh, so you can't have you can't have Edge, but you could have Brood Edge to come out with Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I, yes, I remember it vividly. Do you remember that they had multicolored kendo sticks? Certain things are buried into my brain forever. <laughs> anyway, we've got a video promo for Shida versus Storm, and then we got a very fun squash match of Samoa Joe versus Gravity. This match was done for one reason and one reason alone. It was so Samoa Joe could do the walkaway spot while doing the moonwalk taunt at the same time, and I loved it, and it's awesome. And Dan has got a problem yeah. with Gravity's moonwalk taunt, and I won't hear any of it. It's super. Sorry to be a dick, but if your name is Gravity, surely the whole zero gravity thing <laughs> just is not how physics work. If you if you are Gravity, you should be walking very heavy footed. Like, I would argue, I get like the idea of like, oh, he's a high flyer, so gravity. Like, but also, <laughs> no, that's not how gravity works. 
I've seen Oppenheimer. All right, I know about the, physics the now. The thing is, Dan, I'm basically a quantum mechanic. The thing is, Dan, you said this to me earlier, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> but here's the thing: I don't care. Because, and look, when, <laughs> because he does the little walk. When Joe did the walk away, I had a great time. All right, I really enjoyed it. I, I can't remember if I wrote this. Oh no, I wrote this for a different thing. Um, it was Bullet Club Gold's entrance, where I said this is the most gifable entrance I've ever seen <laughs> I've in my seen life. You already gift a whole bunch. That the yeah. the moonwalk thing is the most gifable entrance. Me walking away from my problems. Yeah, everyone's having a pop at Dan now. Boo Dan. Of course boo. they are. Of course they are. You know why? Because you hate science. Hate I'm sorry truth. to just bring you with the facts. You hate the truth. Um, but anyway, look, <laughs> here are my notes. Joe does the walk away spot and does the moonwalk at the same time, so this match was all worthwhile. Straight into the bus bus for the win. That was rad. <laughs> look, I'm happy for you. Look. All right. We then got uh, another little squash match here, more or less a squash match anyway. Mm. Bullet Club Gold versus Vikingo, Darius Martin, and Action Andretti. How did that Chris Jericho feud work out for you, Action Andretti? And yeah, this Bullet Club Gold entrance. Mm -hmm was very gifable because the guns entrance is quite cool anyway where they spit out water while doing their little gun points things it's very very cool but to have the spin around and have juice robinson just going yeah 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 <laughs> made this tremendously entertaining 10 out of 10 yeah uh and then we do what it was a fun match of course it was it's a six-man tag yeah on an AEW show, yeah. it's always fun. There was a beautiful dropkick into a German. Uh, Andretti and Martin are a team that I like very much. And I, I, you know, lol, how did that push go for you? Whatever. I would like to watch them wrestle all the time. Give me a 58-minute match with them <laughs> and FTR. I insist. On this, I, we talked earlier about how, you know, Collision's been a real great time mm. for, for Ricky Starks. It's been such a good time for Bullet Club Gold. Oh, big time. This It is done wonders for bullet club gold and look i get that wins and losses matter and losing and defeat uh looking strong and defeat is a thing that can happen i i think it's been great to see andretti and martin two weeks in a row and i really like what they show like you know if they were to at some point get a run that's a good thing as a result of this show to see miro get his his mm. uh moments in the spot like andrade and, and buddy matthews it's the same thing you know i i uh, i'm a big fan of that element of it um yeah. one quick question please do vikingo did that move and then took himself out um, which is interesting because he landed on all three men and they were fine, but he was out for the rest of the match. So this spot, hard to explain this one, I, I feel. It looked great. It did look great. So you had all three of Bullet Club Gold on the outside. Yeah. You had Darius and Action Andretti on the middle ropes in the corner and they did the, the hands thing. So they then lifted their hands up and Vikingo stood on those hands. So it's above the top rope. Yeah. And then they flung him and he did a jump and he did a flip dive to the outside. Yeah. Wickedly cool. Very visually yeah. impressive. It, it led to the finish where Bullet Club Gold won. Right. So high risk, high reward. Or this is what makes Jim Cornette bust along. All right. High, high risk, <laughs> like, no reward. That is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. A bit of logic in there. I love a bit of flippy nonsense. It's one of my favorite things in the world, but uh, but I also like it to come with some logic. Um, but it but then again, it's a Vikingo match, so I guess I got. Here's my note. I had fun. There you go. I <laughs> guess uh, this. I guess and like. I guess Lucha, shut up, Dan. And you like know? Lucha House Party, I like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I no, and I I do love good Lucha thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then we got Kira Hogan versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Martinez won a very basic match. Statlander ran down for the save when Martinez refused to let go of the hold. Martinez then knocked her out with the TBS Championship, and Willow Nightingale ran down to make a second save. Look at all the women we have, said Tony Khan. Um, at the start of this match, Mercedes Martinez came out. By the way, excited to see Marti- Mercedes Martinez get TV time every single time. She's great. Um, and I uh, really enjoyed that she was making her entrance. Ian's given it, telling us where she comes from. And the way he was describing it was like, in a dark, dark house, in a dark, dark street, in a dark, dark street. Like, it's like, <laughs> he's explaining where Mercedes Martinez comes from. And then they have a, a, a perfectly fine utterly heatless match which is interrupted by picture in picture um for the second week in a row this happened to taya and um the other one mm-hmm. uh well last week on yeah uh, you weren't here i wasn't here for it taya and uh blue sky blue sky, sky blue, blue sky, sky blue sky um and it's like yeah fine thanks for giving it us at best but it's something that was spoken about on the dynamite review with ollie and um tempest was very sure much was. that they were saying um you book your show and then you go, oh, we've got to find space for a women's division match. And that's kind of where it falls apart for me because you shouldn't be treating it like, oh, I've got to put a women's match on there for that women's division. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is that you have all of these incredibly, like you showed us them, you showed us Statlander and you showed us Willow, who is, by the way, becoming one of the most over people in your company because she's just a ray of sunshine and real good. That Athena match with Willow was taste incredible. Right? So like, you've got the talent it's not about finding a space for them like you know as much as i love seeing minoru suzuki and darby allen maybe that match doesn't take place here or maybe you don't need i guess if you got vikingo you book vikingo there's an argument to be made but it's not about putting tokenism in there it's just about finding the space and making it making it mean something it needs to have purpose you know and i so, and i did appreciate that in the in the owen hart tournament i think we it, those matches had purpose sure you know? did. they were it was a tournament um look thanks for putting four women on the show and giving us a a, a lead in for Sheeda and tony storm appreciate that uh keep keep going keep going ollie davis uh i would say quite cleverly a few years back, coined the term to describe AEW, its lipstick service. Nice. Nice. And there was a period of time when AEW were real bad Mm. for their women's division. Mm. Awful. Absolutely dreadful. I once made a joke about, uh, I think it was actually for the Myla Rose-Sheeda match, where it was basically at the end of the the Simpsons episode, it was like, oh, and let's just say Sheeda. Yeah. And then (laughs) Cody Rhodes had this odd odd defense of uh the the bad booking of the women's division being like look not every feud can be war and peace it's like no but not every war feud needs to be a pamphlet either like yeah. there isn't in- not every book is war and peace Cody. Yeah. like there are in between books in terms of length mm. like you did nothing for this one and then all of a sudden it kind of got a little bit good and it felt like okay we're starting to get sure there's only one match per card mm. and that's a bit frustrating but it feels like we're making some really feels like since the jamie hater injury we have mm. regressed massively back to the early days where it was just lipstick service mm. and if you are if your argument is that you're tony khan and you've got two shows and you spread thin on both of them sorry that's not really an excuse like get get people to help plan the shows out like it's not and i also don't feel like this we're, we're now just repeating comments that were from last week yeah. but i just feel like I don't know. Book some stuff. Also, as well, with the, the report, uh, the reports are rather that Hayton might not be 
fitting time for yeah, which was such a shame. Which was a huge, you know, huge shame. I was at Euston Station earlier on, and I went down the escalator, and there's a poster for all in. You know who's front and center of that poster? Soraya. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, Soraya is the big name that they're selling all in on because she's British. Yeah, I was like, wild. Yeah, well, yeah, makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, good for her. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I like Soraya, and it looks like we're heading towards, you know. Storm and Baker mm. for for all in Fine. because Baker's getting a couple of wins under her belt, so they're heating her up for a, a match yeah. with Storm. That's good. Yeah, like it'll be a good match. It's I just, just want them to be like, part of the part of the fabric of the company. I think. Well, that's I, the I, thing. I feel like the Outcast versus Baker and friends has really like dried up because mm. once Hater got injured, they just sort of stopped doing it. Yeah, and then it was, well, here's Willow Nightingale for a bit, or like, well, here's this person for a bit. I was like, ah. Eh. I just feel like we're sky blue for a bit. Like, I just feel like we've lost all oomph on this feud. What's your reason for being there? I think is the question. Whenever you're writing something down, what's your raison d'etre? And it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. I don't know what the answer is. However, what is in? Sorry, improvise. Change your pl- change, change your plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just work out something different. Like yeah. it's, it is not that difficult because you do it with the lads all the time. So yeah, well, speaking that's true. speaking of, go back into being positive again. This main event, yeah, which was MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the winners of the Blind Eliminator Tournament, the bromance of the summer, <laughs> who've now found common ground, love each other, and want to win these tag titles, going up against the most serious of wrestlers. Mm. Dax Harwood uh, is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Because like Eddie Kingston, no one told him that wrestling's fake. <laughs> so it's just, Good. it is real to him, damn it. <laughs> and because it is yeah. real to him, damn it, MJF doing a dance in the middle of the match is well annoying. Yeah. And he was so angry at Little Max in this match. And it was awesome. Mm. This match was so great. This match was so much fun. This match was so entertaining. Mm. Because this Adam Cole and MJF thing has just worked. Mm. It is actual lightning in a bottle. And it, the crowd have gone banana for this team. The t-shirts are selling like hotcakes. I want one. Yeah, both of them. Like, they are doing really great mm. work here. And it started at the... Sorry, I'll finish one. And then they have this match with the super serious, super like FTR. And you can tell how over this MJF Cole thing was. Because when FTR won, this crowd were gutted. Yeah, I was. Genuinely gutted. And they pitched this finish so perfectly mm. for two reasons. Number one, it came out of nowhere. And so, number, num, reason number B, <laughs> it was because it was MJF's fault. Mm. And you had... So what happened was, is that Cole was being set up to be hit with a shadow machine. And MJF saves Adam Cole. He reverses out of the shadow machine to get a roll up on cash, but in the process gets rolled up himself mm. and he gets pinned. The FTR just won. Mm. They clean. won clean. They didn't hook the tights. There was nothing. They just won clean. So it's interesting there. Max has been pinned. Mm-hmm. MJF has been pinned. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will, going by AEW's previous logic, that should set up Dax versus Max for the, uh, for the world championship mm-hmm. on HBO Max. And... So that that's that's interesting point number one. Yeah. But point number two is after the match, when MJF kept saying, I lost the match, I lost mm. the match, 
there's a wonderful double meaning in that, which is I lost the match. That was my fault. And I lost the match because I'm unfocused. Mm. And I'm, I've taken my eye off being the world champion in, in search of being a friend instead. Mm. And that means I lost a match. Mm. And I kind of love that. I thought everything about this, and we'll get to the post-match in, in, a, in a second as well, which was equally as breathtaking. But I thought this, the double, my, at least my interpretation of the, the, the finish, the two reasons for that finish was so great. I just loved this mm. so much. What did you make of it? Uh, I agree completely. I, I loved it from the opening. like the, And I'm, by the opening, I mean the opening of the show. Like the opening yeah. promos, which I chose to just not reference anymore. Because I feel, I feel like people are like, giving them props and it's like well it's just part of the show now as much as a commercial break is so i feel like or, or as an entrance to the ring so i don't really comment on them but these opening promos mjf and adam cole were full of beans mm. they were full of fire and then i actually was even more intrigued by ftrs where they were considerably more subdued which made me think oh they kind of a little bit doubt themselves like they're like not a hundo p short that they can take these because We've had two pretty intense matches with Bullet Club Gold the past two weeks in a row, uh, bar last week. Um, and then it's like here, where you almost lost your belts. And here are these two that are on fire. These like strange bedfellows have made it work somehow and got everybody on their side. So even though you're, you're telling me that you're going to come out on top, I don't know that you believe it, which I thought was really compelling. Then you get into the match and you have MJF playing full babyface, like, you know, looking to the crowd and being like, where shall I hit him in the what? In the nuts? Like all of that stuff. Uh, is really interesting um, and FTR are being as brutal as possible that the, the the actual match itself was I would say broadly fine until the final minutes it was it wasn't like the the athletic competition that we've seen from FTR over the past few weeks on it collision. wasn't quite the bullet club gold match. no but it, it was what it was do you know what I mean by by which I mean it, it it they presented us what they wanted to present us and I and I, I think it was really good and then when you do get to the final moments and you do get to the the save the i'm gonna the, the almost literal i'm gonna take the bullet for you i'm gonna dive and push you out of the way so that i take this my only thing is i wish that it would have been shatter machine pin rather than a roll-up i get why they did the roll-up and i think it's still effective but i would have booked it with a shatter machine i yeah i think you do the roll-up because no one expected that to be yes. the finish the whole idea behind that, that finish sense. was to take the yeah. wind out of everyone's cell and suck the air out of the arena and they succeeded in doing that because this crowd yeah did not react to this finish because it sounded like it, it just was like oh 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 really and then when they realized that was the finish it wasn't booze it was mm. a oh and then what sells this moment by the way uh earlier on in the match it had kind of been played a little bit for lols right i think and I, what i'm about to say is what then leads me into why this closing segment that we'll talk about was so impactful was that it had kind of been a bit silly there was a lot of i'm gonna kick your nuts in like i'm gonna bash your nuts and the chat the crowd chant get his nuts or whatever which like funny in the picture in picture <laughs> um ian says he's about to so max is about to pull dax into the uh, between the ring posts or whatever and ian just says i don't know if i'm allowed to say the n-word on the air by which he means nuts but i was like <laughs> huh? and i think nigel mcginnis was as well um but like the whole thing kind of felt a little bit oh yeah ian. oh ian. oh ian. i can i know what it feels like when you say something i have a story that it's not for the podcast i'll tell you afterwards um but 
uh, not about that word. Oh my God, I've just had it. I've just had it. Which is that moment of I've said something and it's accidentally gone wrong. So I so feel for Ian. But the point being, the whole match had kind of been a little bit silly, right? A little bit playing up to it. To the point where you wondered whether or not Max was taking it seriously. So then when he loses and does have that moment of I lost this and Adam is there giving him a pep talk and gets the championship and hands it to him and says, you're still the world champion. We messed this up. We lost this match. You didn't do anything. It's so emotional. It's kind of wrenching. Yeah. Right. I thought Adam Cole was so good in this post match. Yeah. Like I, and you're right as well. Like the, the silliness of this is all part of MJF's character mm. development in this feud mm. because he's being overtly silly mm. in his matches. Double clothesline is a silly finisher and he's doing lots of wacky stuff in matches. The whole body slam thing in the Big Bill and Brian Cage match, he's playing up being a baby face and is having fun with it and through that has found the power of friendship. Mm but also then lost a match. And what does that now mean for, for MJF as a person? He's let his guard down. He's let his guard he down. Have. He's let his guard down in two different states, in ring and in mm. his personal life. And how, like, how does that affect him? He just lost a match. He got pinned for the first time in mm. what feels like forever. Mm. And, I mean, he obviously got pinned during the, the Iron Man match and stuff, but, you know, like to, to lose a to match, lose match, to lose a match, it's so incredible. So you have this post-match this post-match was awesome for a number of reasons, but Adam Cole, the last time, had the belt before handing it to Max, had that moment where he looked at it, yeah, and look. they played up a little bit. This time it was, no, boom, straight back mm. to you. MJF's already given him the title match. He has no need to turn on MJF in order mm. to get a title match. MJF's already giving it to him because they're friends. Mm. So he just hands the title to him, and he's been pleading with him, you're still the world champion. You didn't, like you were saying, you didn't lose this, we lost this. And then Adam he Cole, said, I love you. I love you. He said, I love you. Yeah. And he goes and he walks to the other corner because he knows exactly what Max is going to do mm. next. It's not like Cole was standing there like a dumb baby face, mm. like, oh, and then he got hit by the belt. He knew exactly what Max was going to do next. That's mm. why he gave him the belt. He was giving him the choice. Do you still want to be my friend? Mm. And he stands in the ring and he lets Max make that decision for himself which is he gets the belt, he gets it in the same way you would go if you were going to attack someone, and Adam Cole just puts his hands in the air and just shouting in front of looking, no looking him in the eyes, being like, just do what you got to do. And in the end, MJF drops the belt and he hugs Adam Cole. Mm. They're still friends. Yeah. And I love that. And what I, the thing I love most about this storyline, I will let you talk in a second, but no, I, no. the thing I love about this storyline is every single turn it subverted the expectations because mm. when this started i was like well this is very clear one of them is going to turn on the other one to lead to a title match yeah that's been addressed in this of being like oh yeah that was my plan was to turn on you and it was like yeah that was my plan as well i only wanted to do this so i could get a title match. well you're gonna have a title match mm. every single turn they are subverting the expectations of the audience. Mm. And I cannot wait to see where it goes next. This is what I'm talking about. This company, I when I do nitpick or I whinge, it's because I hold them to a high standard because they are capable of delivering intrigue mm. on this level. This this storyline is so intriguing. When Because uh, when MJF is on the ropes, lifting the belt up, I'm like, are you... Is Adam Cole going to turn on him right mm -hmm. now? Like, is that going to be what happened? Like, oh, and it doesn't... gets me nervous. Like, I get nervous. I'm going to compare it favorably to the bloodline because there's no point in tribalism and because it's wonderful that we get all of these things. The The thing about the bloodline was that we always thought we had it planned out, but then it turns out 
we were wrong and like they they go a different direction with it same things happening here where i think this plan was probably for it to be quite a short program and then they struck lightning in a bowl and it was like you've got to make it work like so um you know crack on with it and, and let it flow and see where we go and i'm now so compelled with what comes next your idea for that main event of all in is so great the three the three man at uh, the trios match um i just yeah it was such a really interesting and, and, and uh, emotional climax where i'm like i don't know where you're gonna go now and that for me as a fan of any type of storytelling is the most exciting mm-hmm. so yeah a, a huge props to both of them well, they, that was played it really well. Uh, that was the episode of uh, Collision. Uh, I suppose if we were giving it a, a rating or review, I'd probably give this a very solid four. Maybe yeah, even, um, I think a very solid. I mean, this is five because it's hard. Wasn't five for me because I, I had I had problems, but I think I think some of its parts was not greater than it. I think it wasn't greater yeah, than like, it. So I, it was a really good show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because I said that I was like, well, four. But then I was like, oh, hang on. Yeah, that opening ladder match was awesome. Minoru Suzuki showing up was awesome. Samoa Joe walked away from the gravity spot. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. It's a thumbs up show for yeah. me. I mean, that's the ring system we do in the live chat. Let's be what's his face in the other one. Siskel and Eva. That one, yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Uh, let's get into the remainder of your no Omega chats. We're kicking things off uh, with Punk. If you want to get yours in, it's rustalk.com forward slash support. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call. Punk here says, was at the show such an unnecessarily great show for a place like Hartford? Ooh. No disrespect to the people that live there. But bell to bell, it was an amazing show. And the post-match segment of MJF and Dax sharing a drink and pizza was something I'd never expected. Mm. Oh, they did yeah, a little post-show? That's they fun. They did, yeah, because MJF had this big rah rah baby yeah. face speech and it's so beautifully mjf mm. where he was like look the reason the four of us are standing here the reason that every single person is in this building is because we believe in aew you know at least until 2024 when i'm out of here right but that's another story funny, for another time funny. <laughs> bizarro big l says luke you may have forgotten House of Black aren't babyface. Although Andrade may be playing more into his babyface side, he is always a heel at heart, waiting for this to turn into Roosh and all of LFI getting the trios match they deserve. Tranquilo. I don't know. Did I say that? I don't remember. I don't. Maybe. Maybe I didn't know. But I did. I, yeah, because I guess he is the babyface in this. Andrade. Year. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly felt like one. Me too. Yeah, they, they robbed him, and that's not nice. Uh, Jared Hazelwood said, I was at a convention this weekend and asked Wardlow about any bad road trip habits MJF has. He says that he publicly urinates all the time and yells he does it because he's an alpha. Just something funny. I, I thought you'd it. like to know. I can really see it. Oh, that's so adorable. Yeah. Oh, that's... I bet he finds farts funny as well. Uh, well, they are. No. Zoob to what? Not, not an opera, though. Don't, I, I'm glad that didn't make it into the final cut. Of yeah, the movie. I agree. But, uh, I think in general, nope. a well-timed fart joke nope. is very, very funny. Nope. Anyway, what was the next one? <laughs> Zoobed. See, you laughed. I'm not. I'm, I'm going I'm going to all in, and I, I'm so excited I could wee. But come on, TK, announce some matches, please. What do you guys think the main event will be? A lot of piss chats. <laughs> Today, a lot of piss chats on the stream. Um, I'm into yours. You've given it to me. I'm sorry. I want it. I don't know. I just want something. I actually, in their defense... The shows are usually booked like a month out, and we are a month out now. So yeah, now's the time. I, I, I would say this is not uncommon for AEW to not have announced a match for a pay per view with Main four event, weeks though, before. They did give us the Iron Man match a long time before Revolution, for yeah. instance. And then people criticized the fact that it took them too long to actually tell the the story. 
I didn't. But okay. <laughs> I I don't I'm unsurprised. Yeah. Like I, I was I, I want them, selfishly as I'm someone who's going I yeah. want to know what I'm going to be seeing, but I already bought a ticket. Yeah. I mean that's the that's the, the the other point of this is they have sold close to if not they've hit at this point 80,000 tickets, right? Yeah. So like with sight unseen, that is an achievement. During a period of time by the way where this product is not as hot as it used to be. Yeah. Kind of announce, but I would like you to start announcing matches now because I want to know what I'm seeing. Also, you've now got to think about your pay per view buys. Yeah. So you want to do the heat, heat, heat to make them want to buy it. Exactly. I mean, if, if, I, if I may name drop uh, for just a second, I, w- I ran into Tom Campbell earlier and um, just chatting with him. We're friends. It's, not, it's no big deal. And we were just chatting away. And he was making the point then that they haven't announced a, a match for, for all in. And then, you mm. know, a lot of people on Twitter last week were like, you know, there's been no match announced. And I'm, was, I wasn't expecting a match to have been mm. announced on last week's Dynamite. I was because we got all the guts out of the way. I thought we'd have at least a point two, and I think in some cases, I think Tony Storm versus Britt Baker is a point two. That, that's probably yeah. one of the matches uh, uh, all in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I was expecting any matches to be announced because this company never has a habit, which I actually think is a negative on the company. I think you should announce matches a bit more ahead of time, but they don't tend to. Mm. I think if they don't matches, announce any matches this Wednesday, that's weird. Yes, I, th- I yeah. I, then I'm I gonna. Would, be I like, would say be like. I think we probably need to, to step, step this in. up a little yeah. bit, TK. Or at the very least, give us some very clear markers mm. of of what some matches we can expect are all in to be. Yeah, because you're right. Like you need to shift those last, you know, five thousand or so tickets if you want to hit the all time attendance record, mm. or eight thousand or whatever it is. You you want to probably announce some big matches. Mm. Um, lol that one of them might be Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. This is what I'm talking about with the interaction. Like on what planet? <laughs> on what planet? I can tell you exactly what planet on. The planet where Chris Jericho is the smartest man in the room. <laughs> only, only Chris Jericho could have got himself this match. Mm. No one other than Chris Jericho wants that match. Yeah. But he is such an excellent politicker that on the biggest UK show, probably the biggest stage that Will Ospreay will ever be on, Will it be against completing the trilogy with Kenny Omega? Mm. Will it be against the dream match of CM Punk? Will it be him versus Vikingo for the AAA Mega Championship? Just think of the incredible action those two might have. No, it might be Chris Jericho. Yeah. Well, what did you want? Bring out the pain maker next. What mm. a, like, what a fart of a match. No. What a complete waste of a Will Ospreay. But I really, really commend Chris Jericho for getting himself into that position. <laughs> yeah. I've turned a corner on politickers in my in my yeah. later years. There was a time when I really demonized uh, Triple H for his rewriting of Yes, WWE. that time was last week. Well, for his rewriting of WWE history. But really, his rewriting of WWE history would make British historians proud <laughs> to, make those, to make him look like the winner and the best. And really, you just got to commend him. Just yeah. be like, Fair play to you, because you got the book. Yeah, there you go. Every bit of rewriting of history you did got you the keys to the kingdom. Mm. So you played the game, pun intended, pretty darn well. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch it, Jericho <laughs> Osprey. Like, I will. No one does, Dan! <laughs> no one does! 80-odd thousand people don't want to see it! Will I, Os- I want to see Osprey and I want to see Jericho, just not together. No! Oh, no, no, separate matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of them. Yeah. yeah, not together. Not together. That would be, be a very silly match. Mm. And you know what? It'd probably be a great match. Because Chris Jericho's great. Will Osprey's the best wrestler on the planet. They'd probably have an amazing match. And literally, not a single person, not a scintilla of humanity is interested in seeing that match. <laughs> apart, <laughs> from, apart from Chris Jericho. <laughs> the man's a genius. <laughs> 
Eddie Pats. So for, for a minute, I was confused on why Mac wouldn't, uh, Max wouldn't address anything that Punk had been saying for the last couple of weeks. Then I realized it's completely in character for him not to know because he's not watching wrestling, especially on a Saturday night. Problem there, Eddie, is that he was in the building. In the building. Uh, Don't Mind Me at Work says, I think the difference between Punk and Cody is that Punk is comfortable going heel while Cody desperately wants to stay babyface. Had he turned and become Cody Rhodes' corporate nightmare, he could have been the number one heel in the company using his WWE-ness to get heat. It's very true. That's that's very perceptive. My only disagreement is that I think... um... I, I think Punk wants to be loved so bad. I think he wants to be loved so bad. And um, Brett J. Rasmussen, to round things up here, says, Number one, Dan being Ken in Cineworld's VIP ad on YouTube is just perfect casting, because Dan is Ken in That's... real life. My job is speech. What? He didn't tell me this. Can I remember this? No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also, they're showing it in cinemas as well. Um, no way! Yeah, we did, a, we did an ad to essentially promote uh, the going to see bar- of Barbie in vip which is a format it's in a world very comfy chairs and you get food and all that all that nonsense. get pizza get pizza and um yeah we did an ad where i was ken and it was on i, don't to, I took a picture of it i'll try and find it no way yeah. you handsome little devil you thanks why, why was my <laughs> contact known why was my contact about this it's one? the hair is that what it was can basically give me a wig you know when we shot what's on the other day mm. i then went to see a movie afterwards yeah um and i was on my phone not really paying attention during the trailers because oh, I was so I'm during a, the movie for no, a second. No, 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 no. Animal. I'm a bad human being. Um, and then um, I was like, oh, that's my voice. And I was on the big oh, screen. Oh, look at you. Uh, look, that's me. Oh, on the big screen. So, um, yeah, there you go. Exciting. Uh, uh, two, Luke, have you forgiven Dan for not inviting you to that TMNT event? What TMNT event? They've misremembered. I wasn't at the TMNT event. We we did this when we talked about what's on. You were very upset. Oh yes, yes, of course. My you... girlfriend went to an event. We got some toys. They and, are now and, with the yes, child. And you didn't give not them my to child. Me. No, I didn't. I gave them to an actual child. Yeah, I've got an actual child. Yeah, and <laughs> and your wife has too. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah didn't go to the event, so so you can't be angry at me. I was a little bit though. <laughs> uh, uh, lastly, love the main event. Joe Walkaway is the greatest spot in professional Can't wrestling. Disagree. Can't disagree. Can't disagree with that. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Rest of Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. Please do press the thumbs up button while you're here before you leave and the subscribe button as well. Help us get to 85,000 subs so we can do our 10 hour watch party stream mm-hmm. where we'll do a little randomizer of various different wrestling matches that you can watch along with at home. Uh, and this week, it's a busy old week. Here oh, it really is. We're in summer time week. It's a very very busy week here on the rest of the podcast channel so now is the time to subscribe and enable notifications to always on to know when the videos go live because tomorrow it is raw wednesday it is SummerSlam predictions thursday it is dynamite 200 friday is my interview with j-e-double-f-j-a-double-r-e-double-t-a-e great jeff jarrett i spoke with jeff jarrett for 32 minutes that's going to be going live this coming Friday. We talk about All In. We talk about TNA. We talk about Team TNA. I got to, I got to pitch him my Team TNA match for mm-hmm. All In, which he was very excited about. We spoke about filming on the Briscoes Farm and his mm-hmm. funny stories, uh, or his funny memories from doing then. We talked about Bash of the Beach 2000. We talked about a whole host of different topics. So that will be going live this Friday. And then on Saturday, it will be myself, 
and Dan the Truth Layton watching and reacting to SummerSlam here in the podcast studio. And then on Sunday, it will be a SummerSlam review with Oliver Davis and Chopper P. Cornell. And then, would you add me, but on Monday, we'll be back once again, like Renegade Masters, to review Collision. It's, it's all go. It's all all go. It's traveling so, circus. So please do press the subscribe button. It's a great time to do so. Till then, I've been Luke Cohen, D-A-D. That has been The Truth, the Professor Dan Layton. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Jam that jam.